0: Hi, everyone. This is Savvy Psychologist. I'm Dr. Ellen Hedrickson, and every week I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Mindfulness is everywhere these days. Mindfulness headlines like Healthy Mind, Healthy Life, or The Medicine of the Moment are trumpeted from grocery store checkout stands right next to celebrity gossip and thinner thighs. And in many ways, this is a good thing. Mindfulness is improving lives the world over. Recent studies have found that mindfulness benefits everyone from emergency room nurses, to law students waiting for their bar exam results, to pregnant women, and the latter to the extent that their babies later showed less negative social-emotional behavior than the babies of less mindful women. Not too shabby. But as the mindfulness movement gets bigger and more unwieldy, myths and misinformation have mysteriously appeared like sweets in the grocery cart when shopping with a toddler. Therefore, this week, we'll tackle the five biggest myths of mindfulness. And we'll get right into it with myth number one. Mindfulness is meditation. Now, the two terms mindfulness and meditation often get thrown around interchangeably. So, let's define each. Mindfulness is an awareness. It's paying attention, on purpose, in the present moment, without judgment. You don't need a meditation cushion or even more than a split second to be mindful. Dr. Jon Kabat-Zinn, one of the first American mindfulness researchers, likens mindfulness to being behind a waterfall. You're not under the waterfall, caught in the swirl and pounding of thoughts, emotions, and sensations. Nor are you trying to stop or change them. Instead, you're behind the cascade, observing all that's happening without evaluation. Meditation, by contrast, is a practice. And mindfulness meditation, in particular, has all the awareness that is mindfulness, but sustained. So rather than just checking in with the waterfall, it's logging some time behind it. It's bringing your attention back when it inevitably wanders away. Often many times a minute. Also, meditation, any meditation, requires sustained attention on an object. And by object, I don't mean a physical object like a toothbrush or a can of green beans. Instead, it's simply something on which to focus your attention. Now, the classic is your breath, but your object could be your body, a piano sonata, or the thoughts running through your head. You can mindfully meditate on the sensations of walking. Washing dishes or eating a cookie. Really, you can be mindful of anything, and anything can be the object of mindfulness meditation. Myth number two is mindfulness is about taking time out to rest and relax. Okay, this is another big one. Mindfulness isn't relaxation. Now, stress reduction may be a side effect. Checking in with your thoughts, body, and impulses decreases your chance of getting yanked around by them which in turn lightens your life's drama quotient considerably. Likewise, the without-judgment part may also result in less stress. We all feel lighter with less judgment. But fundamentally, mindfulness isn't rest. Indeed, the two are kind of apples and oranges. Even remembering to be mindful can take quite a bit of work. But many people, including me, find that checking in with their thoughts, feelings, and sensations even if it's not necessarily restorative is definitely illuminating myth number 3 is mindfulness is having no thoughts okay the idea that mindfulness requires a blank mind is a myth that makes many people believe they can't be mindful but just like you can't stop your heart from beating or your stomach from digesting you can't stop your brain from thinking that's just what it does think about it this way Mindfulness isn't a suspension of thoughts. Instead, it's a suspension of judgment. Put another way, mindfulness is an observation of what's happening. That itch above your left eyebrow, the bad taste in your mouth, the realization that the thought that you're a bad daughter is nothing more than a thought, or the fact that the Kit Kat jingle has been running through your head for the better part of an hour. Mindfulness welcomes any and all thoughts. But sees them as just that. Thoughts, as my favorite bumper sticker sums up, don't believe everything you think. Okay, let's get back to myth number four. The ultimate goal is to be mindful all the time. Not at all. It is impossible to be in the present moment at all times. Sometimes you really do need to plan for the future like, what's for dinner? Or I can feel a migraine coming on. I should really take some medicine and go lie down. It's also important to reflect on the past. Next time, I'll try to listen rather than shooting off my mouth. Or, ugh, I shouldn't have eaten those leftover pork dumplings. Also, being aware of everything in the present moment all the time isn't just impossible, it's undesirable. It would leave us overstimulated and exhausted. And even mindfulness gurus Have many mindless moments, getting lost in rumination, daydreaming, or humming another jingle. How about Folgers this time? And finally, myth number five mindfulness is bliss. Okay, this is a tough one. Mindfulness is not simply savoring the moment of taking time to notice the hues of a sunset, the taste of that warm chocolate chip cookie, or the bubbles in your champagne. It's also noticing your defensiveness after losing your temper. Your helplessness in the face of injustice, or that the milk in your coffee has most definitely gone sour. In short, mindfulness looks at the negative, the neutral, and the positive, all with equanimity. It's not joy, instead, it's the awareness of joy, but also of pain and everything else. Mindfulness is taking a step back from the constant input of sensory information and the constant output of thoughts and feelings. Whether for a split second or many hours, it's your journey behind the waterfall. And with any luck, you won't find the Cars for Kids jingle waiting there for you. Thank you for making the Savvy Psychologist a part of your life. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care or licensed professional. If you haven't already, check out my book, How to Be Yourself, quiet your inner critic, and rise above social anxiety. You can pick up a copy wherever you like to get your books. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful week, and I'll see you here every Friday for a happier,
1: healthier mind. Are you tired of the constant battle with anxiety and panic? I've got a podcast that I think you'll love. It's called the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, where the host, Gina, gives you your weekly dose of tranquility and inspiration. Two new episodes drop weekly, packed with practical tips and lifestyle changes to help you calm that racing heart and bring peace back into your life. So if you're ready to bid farewell to sleepless nights and constant worry, tune into the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and embark on a journey towards lasting calmness and a life free from anxiety's grip. Remember, it's not just a podcast, it's a lifeline. Join Gina on the Anxiety Coaches Podcast and let her soothing words be the balm your nervous system needs. Listen in and start your path to healing today. TheAnxietyCoachesPodcast.com Because healing begins the first time you listen.